Blog Talk Radio. Oye, Tony, avanza con 7, número 9. Tira, tira, te capicó lo que viene. Oye, mi gente, this is the Urban Hívaro, and you're tuned in to Radio Capicú, the first Latino talk show on the internet, on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. I love this beat, mi gente. Anyway, listen, coming to you live from New York City, this is George Torres, otherwise known to you as the Urban Hívaro, from SofritoForYourSoul.com, Capicú Culture. Um, I'm here, and tonight we have a good show ahead. Uh, we're going to be digging in the crates and pulling out some interviews that we previously aired and had some difficulties with the episodes uh, archiving. So uh, I dug in the crates, remastered some audio, and we will be talking tonight via that audio with Gary Forbes, NBA player and diabetes philanthropist. We'll also be talking tonight to Omar Lopez, who owns a, a very uh, prolific uh, photo studio here in New York City. We'll be um, talking a little bit about Casa Latina Expo, which is coming up. We're also going to be talking about social health, social impact, and uh, taking any calls that may come in in the, in the, in the process. Um want to let you know what's going on with the radio show. I know a lot of people have been asking about the schedule, and we have regularized the schedule, but we're going to be um, coming to you every two weeks for the rest of the year. And then once January hits, we're going to be coming back to you weekly, with the exception of the occasional vacations and breaks. Um, but we will be coming to you weekly after January once we reboot re the show. Uh, right now, the show uh, is being retooled, and this is the new description of the show as we go into the new year. It's going to be a broadcast aimed at empowering our community to live fuller and healthier lifestyles in mind, body, and soul. Our mission is going to be to redefine the community culture to open open dialogue and the mental, physical, emotional, and financial issues that impact Latino, Hispanic people in the community. Because awareness is only the first step, we're going to strive to share best practices and valuable insights to help you become a proactive, solution-oriented participant in this show and in your own well-being. In the collective spirit of the Capicu battle cry and the sport of dominoes, we know that only when we win, we only win when we all win. So we encourage you to listen, engage, and help us build the best show for Latinos, by Latinos, on the Internet, and the first show on Blog Talk Radio. So with that said, I'm going to go to a quick music break. When I come back, we're going to be talking to my man Omar Lopez. Uh, Omar Lopez is going to be announcing the winners of the 10th anniversary giveaway that we've been pumping on Facebook and Twitter last week. Um, so you might be the winner. So uh, stay tuned for that. All right, we're going to go into a little Celia Cruz who celebrated her birthday this past week. We miss you, Celia. Here we go. La vida es un carnaval.
Casa Latina, the premier bilingual home and lifestyle brand, is back in New York City November 15th for a full day of expert advice on everything having to do with home buying, do-it-yourself projects, decor, crafts, bicultural parenting, home health, and even home safety. The Expo offers live how-to clinics led by top influencers, creative home-based ideas, product giveaways, cooking demonstrations, and an entertaining kid zone. This year's Expo even has an interactive blogger lounge to provide opportunities for bloggers to interact with the event's talents, brands, and the public. This is happening Saturday, November 15th, between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m., and admission is free, gratis, zip, nada. For more information, go to casalatinahomeexpo.com. night here in New York City. I am very happy because I will be jumping on a plane to warmer weather, so I'm changing the forecast tomorrow. But, mientras tanto, estoy aquí contigo. Um, I want to introduce a really, really good friend of mine, somebody who I've known for many years. And um, it's interesting because sometimes you have friends and um, you want to think that your friends are really good at what they do and they're successful and you support them from a friendship perspective and you're out there rooting for them all the time. Um, but it's a very different situation when you actually get an opportunity to work with them and actually see what they're all about. And uh, I had recently the opportunity of, of uh, uh, ooh, hold on. I recently had <laughs> I recently had the opportunity of hanging out with um, with the next gentleman I'm going to have on the on the air in a minute, uh, Omar Lopez. Well, I'm going to give him a really quick applause. What's going on, Omar? Buena, buena. How you doing, George? I'm chilling, man. Good. Happy to be here. Um, I was just telling the, the audience that, um, you know, we always support each other as friends, and we always reach out to our friends, and we, we refer business to them. And sometimes we really don't know what it is they do or how well they do it. And I recently had the opportunity of working with you at the NHLI conference in um, in Texas. And that's wow. correct, yeah. That's all I can say. That's all I can say is wow. I think that we, we both uh, um got a chance to see each other in a different light and and it was a great experience having had that opportunity for me to really stand behind you and have you on my show today to refer you to all of my audience and say hands down that you're one of the most professional uh and prolific photographers that I know. So big shout out to you. Thank you, thank you. So we invited you here for a reason today. Besides the fact that we have this really great promotion going on and there's a lot of people that have been texting me all day and tweeting me and DMing me, asking me if they won the contest, we're all going to be announcing the winners of the contest today. But the reason why I had you on is because when I started my website years and years and years ago, we did an interview uh, and we talked to you about some of the uh, some of the things that you had to do to start your business. 
and it was a great conversation and and uh it was a good interview. I think that you enlightened a lot of people on what it takes to to start their business here in New York City. Um, but now you're celebrating your 10th anniversary. So tell me how it feels from then to now, you know, what what, what the feeling is right now as you go into your 10th year of being in business. First of all, I want to say thank you for inviting me on the show. Um, again, you know, as you said it, you know, having friends who uh, you support them and, and what they do where you don't really know exactly what they do and you and I had that uh, experience of working together and, um, just like you were blown away, you know, with the the level of professionalism that my company provides, you know, I in turn was blown away by by just the, how organized and how you have social media down packed. I mean, you are the king. Do I have right? So uh, <laughs> thank you for having me in the show. I um, I yeah, we, I, rem- <laughs> I remember when we did that interview uh, years and years ago when I was starting out um, my first company, MarriageNYC.com. Uh, and basically, we talked about uh, how to get started and, and you know, finding the right paperwork, make sure, making sure Uncle Sam uh, knows what you're doing, otherwise it's going to come back to haunt you. Uh, and that business has grown and expanded into into another branch and basically into another business. Um, so generally, collectively, you're not celebrating 10 years. And people are asking me, they're like, listen, you know, 10 years, congratulations, pat on the back, what are you doing? I'm like, well, no, I need to do something and get back to the community, to the, to the Latino community especially. That has helped me get to to where I'm at today, uh, and that's what you know we're going to talk about later today. So, so I want to I want to tell you what I remember, and and it may be completely off board, but or off base, but I remember Omar, recent graduate, Hofstra University, very social guy, part of a very popular fraternity, doing a lot of parties and stuff like that. Then you transition into this business, and if I'm not mistaken, you married a lot of your college friends. Like you were, you officiated their marriages. Am I right? That that is correct. So, yeah, I was I was the uh, you know social butterfly. <laughs> um, and basically, I, I went to school for for business, and so I, I kind of already had some of the, the training. And, and you know, gente out there, don't 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 uh, don't undermine you getting that college education. Is very important. Uh, it helps you become the the person you're going to be, you know, ten, twenty years from from later. Um, and a lot of friends, you know, they 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 didn't take take me too serious. They're like, oh, you know, you, you learn the rules and regulations of, of how to get married in New York City. And there was always that niche. There was always that that need for having a bilingual person. You know, there's always an English speaking officiant, um, which is a person that can legally marry you out there in New York City. But there was a need for a bilingual, a Spanish speaking one. You know, to 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 relate to to the Spanish cultures, to be there for mi gente, and, and to remind them, you know, show up on time instead of having being Latinos being late. Um, and you know, there was always that need, and 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 luckily I, I was there to call, you know, to accept the call. And a lot of my college friends, a lot of social media friends that we have, reached out to, to my company. They they saw how 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 great and, and professional and information that I provided on the website alone, even for people that, that didn't even hire me. Uh, they were able to find the ins and outs of how to get uh, married in, in New York City. So it was, it's a great experience. And, you know, like we said, we celebrated 10 years. So now, now, again, you said your business has evolved. So you're not only officiating now, now you've moved into the photography business. I know you've done fashion shoots. You just recently did, like I said. That is correct. Um, so I started out as a marriage officiant. Okay, so Mm-hmm. And um, 
basically, I, you know, I was always that guy in college taking pictures. So I was always uh, behind the camera and not so much in front of it, even though it was a social butterfly. Uh, I always had a camera with me um, taking the pictures. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the itch, the, the, it just kind of involved something greater. And then, you know, basically I got my, my first professional camera just as a hobby. Uh, a good friend of mine who happened to already be in the industry as a wedding photographer happened to become very ill. I think it was back in the swine flu era, back in the days. Um, he asked me last minute to cover for him. So it was literally a day's notice. Uh, and I ended up covering the wedding. You know, the clients ended up loving the work. And he told me, listen, you're going to be my competition, but I, I think you, you, you got an eye for this. Uh, obviously, uh, photography is not for everybody. You know, we have everybody with the iPhone and everything going on with, with uh, iPhone and, and mobile uh, photography. But you have to remember that with photography, you have to have an eye for it. You can't just pick up a camera at Best Buy and, hey, just call yourself a professional photographer. You need to have, you know, a level of, of experience and know every lighting situation. As, as, as professionals know, photography yeah. is all about lighting. It's an art. It's Correct. an art, definitely. So, so that's, know, that's it, where my it, respect it for you. That, that, that's where my respect for you evolves because we we did. I saw you at uh, NCLR. I saw the work that you did at NCLR. Then I saw you at NHLI in action. So I saw you, you know, running around doing the shots, very professional with the radio system and making sure you you hit every four corner of the of the conference. But then we did something interesting. We got back to New York, and a week later, I called you up, and we had the event for Annabelle, which required you to do very creative lighting. And, you know, talk to me a little bit about that, that, that the art of lighting in terms of uh, a photo shoot. Yeah, so with the Annabelle event that, that uh, we worked on together as well, you know, with that aspect, we had to do both uh, video and photo. And, you know, with, with photography, you have strobes, you have flashes always going off, but that's not the case with video. So you have to make sure that uh, everything is well lit, different angles. So with the videos constantly running, and then with photography, you have to have your uh, camera situated in a way that you can take a great picture without relying on strobes and without relying on flashes. And, you know, we got to that setup almost an hour and a half before even everybody else showed up just so we could correctly and, and still keep that the mood that was going on with the movie and everything and, and not making it seem like it's still dark, but you could still see people's faces and reactions. And obviously the, the, the doll for Annabelle makes sure it was still um, the key centerpiece for, creepy. Uh, we, for we, we had to keep it creepy. Yeah. We had to keep it creepy. <laughs> keep it creepy, but still lit so you could see it in camera. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So like I said, you know, um, I just want to let you know, personally, I think you've come a really long way. Uh, I would love to know what's next, if you could share uh, what's next for Omar Lopez Photography. So what's, what's funny, it's like it's, it's actually a little bit of identity crisis. Uh, Omar Lopez Photography, you know, expanded so much that we actually now work with a lot of corporations. You know, we worked with uh, Geico, obviously with you, with Warner Brothers, Nike, NCLR, NHLI, and a lot of, a lot of other organizations that we're actually evolving to um, do a little bit of name change uh come 2015, um, so just incorporate uh, both our cinematography, our, our, our video work, our photo work, our, our, our event planning. I mean, we just involved in so many things that I don't think photography would describe it as, as best. So, you know, the name's going to be, you know, evolving and changing in the, in the next coming year. And, again, we're going to probably probably partner with you again to, to have another celebration for that as well. So it's it's a it's constant, ever-changing business. Um you know, we're here for the Latino community and for the non-Latino community. 
Uh, we've been here for 10 years. We know pretty much all the rules and regulations to what it is to get married in, in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. You know, like I said, with some ceremonies, um, you know, uh, across to the West Coast. Uh, we've traveled internationally for photography work. Uh, so it's, 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 it's a thing of beauty that I will never, ever say no to it, especially with weddings, which is our niche market, because you get to be so creative. You get to, you know, create art. Um, you know, not not to counter undermine our, our corporate clients that are you know want a specific shot, but with with the wedding clients, they trust us to create art for them to do the art of storytelling, and and that's something that you know 20 years from now, I'll still love to maybe not so much doing it, but more <laughs> organizing it. Um, you know, we have a great team of uh, young photographers and young cinematographers that uh, will constantly uh, expand our growth even further. And I'm getting a couple of questions in the private box here. Uh, that is omarlopezphoto.com. That's omarlopezfoto.com is the website. And uh, you can get in touch with him. You could also follow him on Twitter, Omar Lopez Photo, as well. Um, and he's pretty much on pretty much all the social media websites. And look out for him in the media, too. You have a lot of media uh, mentions, a lot of magazines, bridal magazines, et cetera. So uh, definitely look out for the name because the name is out there. So um, I have one other question in here. Do you do same-sex, uh, do you officiate same-sex uh, weddings? Uh, we've done same-sex weddings even before it was uh, official in New York. Uh, basically, we used to walk the couples through a, a kind of doing a domestic partnership through the city, which kind of at the time okay. before the, 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 the weddings were um, allowed, you would do domestic partnerships. You can kind of, as a partner, you can get some of the same benefits. Some some private institutions wouldn't accept it, uh, but we still did, you know, a ceremony for them. We helped them with the paperwork uh, and obviously with the photography and cinematography. Uh, but now that that, that same-sex being uh, legal in New York now, you know, it's, it's it's great. You know, it's still the same process as a heterosexual couple or same-sex couple to get the marriage license. And all that information is all on our website, marriageandwhatsy.com, for, for those seeking efficient needs. Awesome. And now for the moment that everybody's been waiting for, I'm going to do the. <laughs> this is a long journey on that one. It's going to be the way that we hosted on Facebook. And uh, these were people who are going to win a 15-minute um, family photo shoot for their wedding cards, et cetera. Um, Tell me just really quickly, who are some of the sponsors that are uh, helping us out with this event? Make sure we mention so, them. Yeah, sure. So this is a, um, a free studio holiday session, not wedding. <laughs> um, ideally, we, we did the timing to correlate with our 10-year anniversary so people can come to the studio, uh, take uh, the 15 minutes to use the, for the photo shoot for themselves, for the holiday greeting cards, just to post up on their frame it on their on their house, whatever they want. Uh, and all this cannot be done together without the help of our sponsors. So I want to go ahead and shout out um, Javier Laura from Northwestern Mutual, um, great financial guy. I mean, he handles all of my um, finances here. Um, Ferrera Food Town, um, who's actually going to provide some catering as well for the event. Um, great tax service provided by Laura Tax Service. Um, and what's funny that people don't know, they're actually entitled to get a free five-minute massage from uh, Vivian from Spreading Love Through Touch. Uh, she came on as a recent sponsor. So a lot of people are they're like, oh, they have to pay for that? No. She she said, listen, it's you, Omar. We're going to do a free five-minute chair massage. She's going to set up shop. 
to make sure that people are relaxed with providing the makeup. Uh, and, of course, the people for your soul, man. You guys, you guys are amazing. Jeanette Falcone. We have Frank Zaleski. Giselle Barrios. We have Lisa Roman. Maria Sanchez. Sonia Lafont. Yvette Velez. Evelyn Alvarez, Christy Herring, Diana Limongi, Eileen Campos Carter, aka Red, <laughs> uh, Juan Paposwigiri Santiago. That's a big one right there. That's that's a big dog right there. Uh Rosabelle Parra, Emma Lasale, Crystal Suero, Omega Harcum. Rebecca Torres, Damaris Brito Sanchez, Maria Morales, Janine Morgan, and we decided. Uh, somebody from Omar Lopez uh, Photography Studio will call and come. Congratulations to all the winners. Congratulations to all the winners. They've been out there hustling. They've been doing their twitters and tweets and their, their posts. They've been they've been coming to the this photo shoot. But what are some of the things that they could do with the photos? Like, what are some of like what would be some of the Well, what's great about it is that we're going to create an online gallery specifically for this photo shoot, um, and it's going to be linked on our website. Uh, they can go to the website. They can, you know, order prints from there. You know, you want to send a Christmas card or 5 by 7 you can do so right from the website. Um, you can get any any type of print. And a lot of people say, hey, what kind of paper should we get? You know, provide metallic, canvas, you know, ready-to-hang mounts. All that can be done right from our website. It's not like you need to pick up the phone and dial. You can literally all organize it from our uh, custom gallery that we're going to create from this event. Um, based on the success, which seems to be very successful, we, we might make just make this an annual um, yearly thing where, you know, our sponsors come together and, and pretty much cover all the expenses. So, gente um, out there, you know, you can just get this for free. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Omar, again, thank you so much. We really appreciate you um, being part of the show and always sharing. We're going to have you back on the show uh, on a panel to talk a little bit more about your entrepreneurial spirit because I think that you have a wealth of knowledge that you could definitely uh, share with some of our listeners and uh, help them in some of their quest to be uh, the next big entrepreneur. So we definitely want to have you back. Um, Again, give everybody your information so they can get in touch with you if they have any questions about what you do, how they can book you, et cetera. That's simple, mi gente. You can find me on any social media channel with Omar Lopez Photo. You know, I have to keep the name Latino. Uh, OmarLopezPhoto.com. You can also, if you spell it wrong, a photo. If you go with my um, Blanquitos, it'll still get to us. OmarLopezPhotography.com. It'll still come to 
to our website. So that's one thing that, that you know, definitely talk about to to your uh, entrepreneurs. <laughs> Make sure you get enough domains to, to cover uh, your business, but if it's spelled or, or if it's sound, pronunciation is a little bit differently. So omarlopezfoto.com, omarlopezfoto.com, and omarlopezphotography.com all get you to the same place. Uh, thank you, George, for having me. Greatly appreciate it. I look forward to coming back. Uh, great success um, with uh, Radio Copy Cool and everything else you do. Thank you, sir. You get the rock star exit. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, man. Drop it. So there you have it, mi gente. Omar Lopez Photography, um, great business here locally in the neighborhood, supporting a lot of great philanthropies and doing really good stuff. So uh, he's definitely a friend to the show. Um, we're a little behind schedule, so we're not going to play any more music, but we're going to go straight into the uh, second piece of the show, which which is a website specifically for uh, people who have diabetes to get certain resources and things of that nature. Uh, we actually aired this show. Uh, we shared uh, the highlights of this interview with you, and I will let you know that uh, in association with Novel Research, we will be having a special event on November 15th that we will be uh, promoting as of tomorrow uh, in, at the Bronx Museum of Art where we're going to have an intimate conversation with Gary live on stage uh, and some other great people that are advocates of diabetes awareness and promotion of health in our community. So we're looking forward to that. So I'm going to go ahead and play you uh, the interview uh, of with Gary Forbes that was taken just about, I would say, in the early part of the summer, and we did it at the Evil Olive Pizza Bar. I invited uh, Gary and his publicist, Jane to come through and have some baked empanadas. I had to make sure it was were healthy. Um, but we had, we had some baked empanadas and we had some really great conversation about his career, where he comes from, and his future plans for uh, the foundation. So here's part one of the Gary Forbes interview. We're listening to Radio Copy Crew live from Brooklyn here at the Evil Olive Pizza Lounge. And... Um, we're going to be talking today to Gary Forbes from the NBA about a lot of things, but we're going to talk about his life in Brooklyn and some health initiatives that are happening. Welcome to Brooklyn, uh, your hometown. Yeah. <laughs> we're not really welcome. We're welcoming you back, right? Oh, yeah, at this point. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. We're here. You're looking for some new opportunities to build with the community, and that's what we do. Um, so uh, we invited you here just to kind of get to know you a little bit better, just to... Uh, find out what you're about, you know, a little bit about you and Brooklyn. Um, so we're here breaking bread, having some baked empanadas and all that good stuff. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you. So tell me, growing up in Brooklyn, what part of Brooklyn you grew up in? Uh, Bedford-Stuyvesant. Uh, Bedford-Stuyvesant. Yeah, right. came, uh, came over here when I was uh, two or three years old from Panama. I was born in Panama. <laughs> It's a radio copy crew live from Brooklyn here at the Evil Olive Pizza Lounge. And um, we're going to be talking today to Gary Forbes from the NBA about a lot of things, but we're going to talk about his life in Brooklyn and some health initiatives that are happening. Welcome to Brooklyn. 
Your hometown? Yeah. <laughs> We're not really welcome. We're welcome you back, right? Oh, yeah, welcome yeah. uh, Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. We're here. You're looking for some new opportunities to build with the community, and that's what we do. Um, so uh, we invited you here just to kind of get to know you a little bit better, just to find out what you're about, you know, a little bit about you and Brooklyn. Um, so we're here breaking bread, having some baked empanadas and all that good stuff. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you. So tell me, growing up in Brooklyn, what part of Brooklyn you grew up in? Bedford Stuyvesant. Yeah, came over here when I was uh, two or three years old from Panama. I was born in Panama. Uh, came over here and pretty much been a Brooklynite, you know, ever since. And uh, you know, love it here. This is my home. This is my city. And uh, you know, I enjoy every everything about about this place. And uh, you know, definitely trying to do some initiatives to uh, try to help the community and um, and the health aspect of it. Uh, and uh, hopefully things can can move forward and, and get bigger and better. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your upbringing. You know, that guy. It was a rough time. It was a rough place back in the day. Yeah, it was. Uh, but uh, you know, my parents are from Panama. You know, West Indian, so you know, very, very, very strict. Uh, right. So I grew up in a, a good household, and um, you know, my parents were all about education and school, and you know, not so much basketball. And, and it wasn't until uh, you know I had a growth spurt, and you know, my mom realized that I, I, she didn't have to pay for college. So she just let me go free. She saw the investment right there, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know? So, uh, I mean, I've always loved basketball since I was about four or five years old. Uh, you know, my father was a welder in, at the Panama Canal. And, um, he actually built, like, a, a basketball hoop for me that I brought over here. And, you know, me and my friends would just nonstop playing. If I couldn't go to the park, you know, I would bring the hoop out and attach it to my backyard. You still have the hoop? Uh, nah, we dunked on it so many times, man. It broke. Wrecked <laughs> <laughs> it, huh? Yeah, wrecked it. Right. So I'm from East New York, so I could definitely attest that that, that time was really a rough time. So my family life is really a, a pivotal role in, uh, in making sure that you're on the right path. So you definitely made it on the right path. So talk to me a little bit about, like, school. Uh, what was the average day for you like, you know, and, and just coming out, you know? Um, you know, elementary school was uh, actually my first my first time uh, going to elementary school with PS93. Um, I remember my first day of school. You know, I wasn't, I, I spoke English pretty good, but, you know, I still had the, the Spanish accent and, uh, and the West Indian accent, and, you know, the kids kind of made fun of me. So I stayed home for about two weeks and just, you know, constantly just in the books, you know, learning. And, you know, I, I, I feel bad because I haven't spoken Spanish, you know, since since then. That was a question I asked earlier. We talked about that. No, I understand it, but, you know, I understand what my parents are speaking to me, but, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to pick it back up. I actually bought Rosetta Stone, so. All right, cool. <laughs> now, with the, now, with the language, you know, um, what was your family's position on language in the home? Because I know a lot of times when pa parents come over, they really kind of push you to learn English, and they kind of want you to leave the Spanish alone. Was that the case? Um, no, my, my parents, I mean, they, everybody, everybody speaks, you know, both languages in, uh, in my family, and, uh, you know, they were they wanted me to speak English, but I was all running through the house speaking Spanish. I didn't want to speak English. And uh, when I came over here, it was somewhat of a culture shock, but um, you know, I picked it up in about two, three weeks, and you know, I was fine from there. You're good, you're good. You don't have any, any accent. I wouldn't even, <laughs> even know you were Latino if uh, you didn't tell me. That's cool. So, um, so you went to what, what high school? Uh, Benjamin Banneker High School. It's in uh, Clinton Hills. Okay. Um, so 
with our last year. Yeah, you know, it's a great, great time. They're a great school, uh, you know, great teachers. Had had a great upbringing, um, real family-oriented high school. You know, everyone knows each other. Everyone knew every teacher. And it was kind of hands-on kind of teaching. And, uh, you know, that helped me grow as an individual, as a person. And, um, you know, all the all the, the values that, that were at home was the same as, as, as it was at, at school. So it was... It's a pretty easy transition, you know, through high school. We're not your average radio show, so we're gonna ask questions that are kind of like off the off the cuff. No problem. Uh, talk to me about the most, uh, I guess, the most um, the the administrator or teacher or counselor that was the most invested in you in high school, and what what really made the difference? So many, man. Down to the principal, to the the dean. You know, Mr. Leonard was, uh, you know, definitely uh, impacting us. Uh, it, uh, actually, my high school was a junior high school before that, um, and we were the last junior high school set to uh, to graduate uh, there. Okay. Um, you know, so many teachers. And you kind of transitioned right into high school. Yeah. Over so I mean, I was in the same school for six years. So. Oh wow. Uh, okay. You know, is that school still around? Yep, still there. You do ever buy and visit? Yeah, my high school coach is still there. You know, they're oh, wow. my jersey there, so oh, nice. and I have real, you know, ties to that school just because all the support that they that they push me behind to, uh, you know, do well in school and as well as basketball as well. Um, you know, my coach was a, a great coach. Now is the culture different? I mean, because times have changed. So, like, what, what do you see now that's different from when you were there? It's not. It's not the same kind of family, you know, oriented base where you know it was a small. We only graduated, I think, in my senior class. 400 kids. Wow. So, uh, you know, it was a small, you know, tight-knit group of, of people, and, you know, I still have, you know, three, three of my best friends are, you know, still from high school. We still hang out, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just from that, that family, you know, kind of base. Now, sometimes when you're, um, I mean, my family always told me when I was coming up, um, you're going to be the average, your success rate is going to be the average of the five people that you're around. So did you come up with anybody that actually made it big in whatever, whatever they were doing? Uh, like probably singers, performers, other sports? Uh, a couple of my, I mean, one of my friends from uh, college, you know, he plays professional basketball, uh, you know, pretty much all through that. But, you know, my, my, the group of my friends you know, I have are, are, are successful in, you know, life. They have, you know, jobs, families, you know, their own their own thing going and um you know they're still striving to get more which is you know we we have that that Absolutely. in us you know never never satisfied that's, like, that's in my dna <laughs> you know never satisfied and you know that's why we you know work well together and mesh well together that's cool. it's really important to, to kind of stay grounded in that way and just always keep those ties yeah. and i'm friends with people in brooklyn because of facebook uh, <laughs> that I, I mean i'm 43 now i have friends that we've been friends since our first grade you know, unfortunately, a lot of people are not here anymore, but, um, you know, there's a couple of, a handful of them that, that we're still connected. So, you know, it's about like 35, 38 years of uh, friendship. That's great. That's so, great. So that's cool. So so now um, you're, you're back in Brooklyn. So what are your plans as far as your career is concerned, as far as basketball? What's, what's going on with the basketball world? Uh, well, right now, um, I recently just had surgery um, in January, uh, new surgery. Um, the, uh, I was... On the Brooklyn Nets uh, team in the beginning of the year, had some knee issues, so they decided to you know take care of that stuff and rehabbing right now. And I actually just saw the doctor today, and um, I'm about six to eight weeks from being cleared to you know, being 100 percent. So, so we're gonna put you back into the Brooklyn. Yeah, that's that's the plan. That's the plan. The, that's the surgery, this uh, rehab, has you know taught me a lot of patience and 
you know, being away from the game of basketball, I've started to, you know, grow mentally a lot and you know, think about different things and other than basketball. And it's actually, you know, uh, reignited my, my love for the game, like just, just being away from it and, and missing it so much, you know, which is my passion. It's one of the best things I'm pretty much, I mean, one of the, you know, one of the things I'm really, really good at in life is just playing basketball and, you know, I'm so blessed to, you know, have a career. And, you know, when I was four or five years old, when teachers asked me, you know, what I'm going to be when I grow up, you know, I always told them yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always going to play basketball. So, you know, it's, it's very, very, you know, I thank God every day that, you know, I'm blessed to do that. All right, so now everybody that does something well, has an underlying passion, you know, they have something else that kind of drives them that may not be the, what pays the bills, that may not be what they're going to be known for, per se, but it's something that really, that just, it's almost as much passion as what they're doing for a living, they actually invest into that, so what is that for you? Well, I'm, I'm super just like mainly basketball, but, um, you know, with the help of, you know, my PR, you know, Jane Yen, you know, we've, uh, she's here, you know, we've met uh, about two, 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 maybe three years ago, and, uh, and uh, you know, the whole diabetes initiative uh, thing that we came up with, uh, you know, my father has diabetes, my grandfather passed away from it, so it's kind of hereditary, my nephew has it, and, uh, you know, I got it when I was 19 years old. Um, you know, when I was in college, my fresh after my freshman year at University of Virginia, and you know, I always wanted to you know hide it just because you know I had a misconception of of what the disease was, even though my father had it, but you know never really talked about it that much. Um, you know, I had a, a real misconception of it, tried to hide it like you know, it was a, a bad thing. Yeah, you were ashamed of it. Yeah, and, and well, everything that comes with it is kind of a stigma. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to deal with. And uh, you know, I've learned over the years that. You can live a, a normal life just like anybody else, and you know, pretty much have a free flow in everyday life. And you know, pretty much as long as you, you know, eat healthy and exercise, you know, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah, I think you got that covered. <laughs> I got that covered. So, uh, you know, it's uh, I've definitely grown a lot in, in that aspect, you know, mentally with uh, diabetes and you know, what's in our community, and, you know, I know that diabetes stricken the, the minority community a lot, you know, it's over 25, 26 million people that absolutely have diabetes, and there's uh, even a greater amount of number that, that don't even know that they have diabetes, so. Um, so now, do you have type 1 or type 2? Type 1. Do you type 1? Yeah. So I, usually type 1, from my understanding, usually happens as onset, so. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many different, like, uh, underlying, yeah, variations of it. Uh, you know, my, uh, like I said, I got it when I was 19. It's pretty, you know, pretty adult kind of yeah. onset. Um, but uh, it was a kind of scary uh, kind of thing, just being away in college on my own and, you know, having to deal with that. Yeah. deal with the shop over the yeah. I had to change it. You know, I have a big fear of needles, uh, <laughs> so uh, I got a little phobia stuff, so. Learning to try to, you know, inject myself, you know, was, was a, a hard thing, a process for me, especially, like I said, being by myself, and, you know, away from my family and things like that. Now, if you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about the diagnosis, because that, that's, a, that's a tough pivot, you know, for anybody who's going through this type of, uh, of ordeals when you hear that for the first time. So what was the first thing that came to your mind when you heard, you know, you had diabetes? Like, I didn't, I really didn't, like, 
I didn't know how to like take it. Like uh, it was during the summer. I lost like 20, 20, 25 pounds in a week. And you know, I, I didn't know what it was. I thought I had you know some other type of small little uh, problem. And doctor came in and closed the blinds and you know said I had diabetes. Uh, and I kind of broke into tears a little bit at first, and then you know I kind of looked. You know, look back, and you know, if my father had it, my father was a, a, a athlete. You know, he uh, was an Olympic lifter when he was in Panama. He was a strong, yeah, he strong guy, yeah, physically fit guy. So, you know, he called me and told me, you know, everything, you know, could be fine. It's obviously up to me, and you know how I want to handle it and how I want to uh, approach it and attack, you know, the the lifestyle. It's all it's all just a, a change in my lifestyle that I did, and um, the fact that. I think diabetes kind of helped me with you know, the fact of eating healthier and you know taking care of my body and staying in shape. Kind of helped. Uh, I felt like it helped my basketball career in terms of you know taking care of you know my temple. Okay. So now being in college, I, mean, I have a lot of college students that listen to us. We're really big in the Greek community. Mm-hmm. You know, we got the Alphas, we got the Fiotas, and the Fias. All the other um, fraternities and sororities listen to us. Um, talk to me about campus life and what, what those lifestyle changes like look like in real life. You know, uh, well, I went to two different schools, uh, University of Virginia, and then I transferred to University of Massachusetts. Uh, you know, two totally different kind of schools. Uh, yeah, the University of Virginia was uh, you know one of the largest you know black uh, African American yeah African American. Um, Populations in a in a public state school. And you masters completely. You masters the total And to be honest, yeah, I had the, me, the, me. The, the best time of my life at UMass. You know, it was a great time with great great teammates, great friends, great coaches. Gotcha. And you know, being close to home in Massachusetts was, was also a help too. Alright. Oh, so you're from, you, know, you live in Massachusetts for a while? No, I mean, when I was in school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, Virginia. It's close to drive. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so uh, in terms of the school stuff, like you know, like when you talk about diet and lifestyle changes, what were some of the drastic changes you have to make, and how did you have to adapt in terms of campus living? You know, the cap is is never the healthiest place to be. You know, so how do how do you adjust and how do you adapt to, to what's going on? Well, my co- my coaches were, were were great with that. You know, they always like uh, you know push me and and always were on top of my back. Uh, you know, with with that stuff and trying to you know stay healthy and and, and be fit. Um, it didn't hurt that you know, I was you know the star player I guess on the team. So and what, what position you think? Shooting guard. Okay. Okay. So uh, you know they definitely you know pushed me to uh, stay healthy and, and be fit. You know not only for them but you know for myself and my future and you know later on down down the line because there's so many you know different. Uh, negative things that can happen to you, you know, if you don't take care of yourself. Uh, you know, my grandfather went blind. Uh, his feet were amputated. Um, you know, so you see, you saw those. Uh, yeah. Those are the worst case scenarios. Exactly. So you know, it was either go that route or you know try to you know flip it around and you know do what you know my father's doing, who's you know taking great care of himself and. You know, doesn't take as much insulin as he used to anymore, and stays fit and stays exercising. And uh, did you have any peers on, on the team, or, or even friends in school that were dealing with the same thing? I was, yeah, always, I was always, always on my own. Well, at least you didn't know. Yeah, that they were having it. Exactly. That's, that's a possibility too. Yeah, I was always, uh, you know, just on my own, and it kind of, you know, I was, I was, it kind of helped me, uh, you know, mature a lot too, just having diabetes and, and being and being responsible uh, with that. Um, you know, when you have to take care of your body for 
pretty much you know, career. You know, it's a it's just a, it's a tough uh, thing to do, especially at 19 years old. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, did you ever have a, any type of episode where your health took a bad turn because you didn't take it? Many, many, many. Uh, you know, it was a it was a learning experience. Uh, you know, I kind of learned on the fly. You know, not not the best way to do it. But, uh, you know, thank God that, you know, nothing uh, major or drastic uh, happened to me. You know, all, all the you know, the bad episodes were kind of wake-up calls, and, you know, every, every single wake-up call that I had, you know, kind of changed different things. And, you know, now, I've, you know, pretty much I think I'm on a, a pretty straight, narrow path, like 100%. So give us an example, something that, that you don't mind. Sure, I don't mind. Then one of my first episodes, things that I had, uh, uh, when, actually when I went to Italy. When when I was here in, um, in Massachusetts before, uh, uh, before I went overseas, and one of the reasons why I didn't get drafted was the fact that I never told any of the doctors or any NBA teams I had diabetes and then know, come out with a blood test, you know, they have diabetes, it's kind of hard for teams to, you know, to invest in, in, in stuff like that, and especially at the time, I wasn't, you know, taking great, I wasn't a great diabetic at, the, at that time, due to the fact that it's like the honeymoon period that they call it when you first get diabetes, you kind of can still eat the same, uh, same way you want, because the medicine is still, you know, not really, uh, you know, acting with your body and, and things like that, so... I think I was taking around 60 units of uh, Lancet insulin and around like 8 to 10 units of uh, Humalog insulin, which is a, a, a pretty large amount, yeah. large doses of uh, medicine. And I went to Italy, and if anyone knows anything about Italy, they cook their food fresh every single day. It's so like that. It's no, it's, I mean, it's, it's like it's way healthier than, than how we cook here in the United States. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't save anything that they're cooking tonight. That's what they eat, and you know that's it. They're done with that food. So, um, I had a couple episodes after. Well, one episode. Um, luckily, my brother and, and sister were there. Uh, after practice, just uh, you know, overexertion, you know, playing a lot, and uh, uh, the, the the food and the, the medicine is you know obviously different from the United States here. And, you know, blood sugar got low and, you know, you get, you know, delirious and, you know, kind of, you know, pass out and, you know, forget, you know, everything like that. So, now I've had a couple of low blood sugar events just, you know, with overexertion and practicing and things like that. And now I've taken, you know, my insulin levels are down to 26 units of Lantus, you know, from 60, which was like, you know, three or years ago. And you're doing needles? Yeah, I still do the injection. Did you get over the phobia ever? Uh, yeah, well, not with other people needles in their hands. Now yeah. I'm cool with it. Oh, you're cool with it? Yeah, yeah I'm, cool, I'm cool with doing it. Right. If nurse comes over, you might nah, just be yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> so, I'm still on all the medications. I'm good. Um, so talk to me about the foundation, because that's, that's what Jamie is looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, plenty of time. Don't worry about it. Let's, uh, let's, talk, about the, let's talk about the foundation. Like, where, uh, at what point do you start the foundation, and then... You know, what was the mindset uh, behind it? Well, I never really, like, uh, I never really thought about it until, uh, you know, when I met Jane. Um, you know, the fact that I have diabetes and I'm a, a professional basketball player, you know, I'm kind of put on a, a platform to speak out. You know, I was always, like I said, I was always, you know, hidden, you know, hiding diabetes and things like that. So the fact that I have a platform... To, to speak out about it and to let people know and, and get awareness out, 
the you know the foundation was a, a pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, you know the Gary Force Foundation, um, you know does that, and you know we have a, uh, a type one type one two dot org uh, website, you know which provides uh, you know emotional support. You know, through people and awareness, and as as uh, as other different things. It's a cool website. Um, a lot of my interests: music, you know, books, uh, movies, you know, uh, sports updates, and things like that. Um, but the main thing is to uh, get out the awareness to of diabetes, and you know, we're trying to get uh, you know. Uh, talk groups for for diabetes for for people to you know feel emotional support and you know I've been in in, in, in those days where you know you're you're sick or you know you're feeling down and you know I, I think other other organizations kind of put the oh woe is me you know I have diabetes and you know kind of kind of aspect of it and you know I don't think that people should live like that um, especially I've, my father always told me you know diabetes if you're if you're in a bad mood, that can actually mess up your, you know, your blood sugar levels and things like that. So, so a lot of it's mental. Yep. A lot of it's mental. So, so basically, from what I, from what I hear, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, what you're saying is that you're trying to provide the services that you didn't have in exactly. your school. Exactly. So this is really like this is grassroots from your heart, like mm-hmm. really trying to provide services that you. And I think that's a lot of us. Like Brooklyn, for some reason, we have that. Well, you know, the reason why I started Copy Cool, same reason. You know, we didn't have programs coming up. We didn't talk about language arts. We didn't talk about poetry and art. Um, the art that we were creating at the time was considered illegal. You know, it was vandalism. So it's like, you know, we, we tend to create from our heart you know, okay. we didn't have. So we're trying to fill that, that gap. So I definitely appreciate that. So what are some of the things that you have coming up? Um, well, this summer we have, uh, well, last summer we had a softball event, which turned out pretty pretty well. Um, you know, it was kind of a, it was kind of like out the blue thing. The same day, we were rushing to get things done, and you know, it turned out amazing, like a great turnout. And so this year, I think we're going to be uh, uh, ahead of the ahead of the ball. You know, we're working on it now. So yeah, we're working on it now. Early. Um, we have also a uh, cooking event, kind of like a cook-off, kind of top chef kind of thing. Nice. Obviously, you know, uh, health health focus. Health focus. Um, and have like competition kind of things and. Uh, one of the things I want to do is, is uh, a lot with uh, you know the Board of Education and schools. You know, growing up, um, I always used to. I mean, gro- actually, growing up, uh, you know, I wasn't that great of an eater. You know, I always you know took the easy route out. You know, we have corner stores, and you know, if your mother gives you two dollars, you're gonna get you know bag of chips, bag of soda, yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. Um, so you know, one of the things uh, me and Jane were talking about, you know, I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, introduce not only kids and, and families, but, you know, alternate healthy, uh, um, you know, healthy alternatives that, you know, they can choose that are, are quick and, you know, instead of going the route of, you know, eating, you know, you know, corner store stuff, you know, nothing against that, but, you know, for diabetes, for diabetics, you know, it's, it's, it's a, there's an alternative route to, to healthier eating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, what do you think are the, some of the biggest obstacles um, for your foundation in terms of like really getting the work? And the reason why I ask this is because my, my audience is strictly like community builders. You know, we're the people who are actually making differences. We have educators. We have you know people in law enforcement. We have people working with kids in you know, probation. I mean, we we really have a strong base in Brooklyn that that's pretty much touching every aspect of our community. So when I ask you what the, what the challenges of your foundation are, 
Um, maybe there's somebody out there that's listening that can actually kind of help you. Uh, I think it's just like just spreading the word, just 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 getting out there. Like the main thing, like we we want to do. We're we're not a. I don't think we're a foundation that. You know, we're trying to necessarily cure diabetes, but we're trying to get out, get the awareness out for people to to know and to you know one of the things we did on our, our last event we had you know diabetes testing um, outside the softball event. Gotcha. You know for people to come out and you know, test to see you know never know if you have diabetes or not. So just the awareness of healthy eating, and I know there's I mean the whole health thing is like huge and not only for diabetes like everyone's into the yeah, health absolutely. exercise thing so it just goes out of control I mean yeah. <laughs> just talked about before where we don't have access to proper health care you know we have people who have alternative nutritional systems that don't really work for exactly, um, exactly you know and then uh, just being busy you know just being professional mom's working two jobs to make it work and not having time to cook exactly. and then TV dinners and pizza and dominoes and all that you know it all I didn't say that I'm in the so I gotta edit that out. They might want to pay me some day. So I gotta do some healthy people for them. So. Um, but yeah, no, so, so that's cool. It's like, oh, who do you have plans for this year? Do you have any commitments yet? Um, nothing as of yet right now. Um, you know, one of the things, like, I was, I was always big on, I'm kind of like, I like to do things like myself. Like, I want to... Not necessarily depend on on other people, and I don't <clears throat> I don't necessarily want people to come out, you know, for the celebrities. I want them to come out for the actual cause, <clears throat> you know, the actual you know the mission statement of of my foundation and and the organization, you know, which is diabetes, and you know we're not. You know, I know we have different, you know, people have different events and things like that where, you know, you can meet and greet people and, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's not not, not saying that taking away from any of that, but, you know, I'm sure I'm going to have a couple, you know, friends that play basketball and NBA players that will be there this year. Um, time time uh, constraints were, you know, held them back from coming last summer, so, uh, you know, this summer I got, like I said, we, you know, we yeah, got in the so we're gonna. I think we're gonna have another great turnout. And you know, everybody that came out last year, you know, they had an amazing, amazing time. It was, you know, one of those Brooklyn kind of family, you know, cookout, you know, block party kind of things. That's dope. That's dope. So now I don't, um, I don't play. You know, I'm not really a big sports guy. I could be a celebrity water boy. I mean, you know, <laughs> we got, we got, I, 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 I water. Um, no, definitely. Um, and and. I would definitely like to uh, uh, to offer Capicu. Uh, I, I told Jane earlier that we have this venue here if you want to do any kind of fundraising. Cool. We could we could knock up. We take the pool table out, so it's all open space. Uh, we do open mic poetry events here, so we could work something out and do okay. something for you guys. Um, and I'm sure the day of the event, we could participate in some way, shape, or form. But this is dope, you know. Um, I'll be honest with you, but. Um, <laughs> When you think about, like, you know, I'm thinking, like, you know, we, we do different interviews. We talk to all different types of people. I've definitely been in the celebrity circle for about 20 years, you know, in different realms, hip-hop, going to music industry and whatever. Um, when I heard I was going to be with an NBA player, when I, when I read up about you and whatnot, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And I got to tell you, you got to cool you. Like, you know, you, know, you just like, you relax. You just come in here and you're, you're good. Um, but I, I definitely feel what you're talking about as far as the diabetes, because it's very necessary. And there's a lot of organizations doing great work out there, but that emotional, that's something I haven't heard. And I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I'm around it all the time. I have not heard anybody really talk about the emotional support piece, so that's something that really interests me. Um, but I went through it really bad. Like, you know, my mind, my story is crazy. 
Um, I'll send you a link so you can read it. I don't worry with the details, but but um, but it, it's uh, it's probably the most important thing because that emotional, with any type of health issue, cancer, anything like that that's out there. If, if you don't handle it right from a mental perspective, then everything else is downhill. The mind is a, so, a powerful, powerful tool. So, so what are the things that you think that you could do, uh, like, like in your mind? Like, what, are, what is the ideal situation for you to be able to get a hold? Like, you know, spreading the word is one thing, but like, do you want to partner with like doctors' offices? Do you want to have like offices within like community health centers? Like, well, what's what's the plan? Um, I, I feel like you know we're we're still starting you know, new right now, and you know I feel like we, I think the the, the lane that we're that we're taking is somewhat different than uh, like you said other organizations with the way that we're trying to do things. But I feel like we're. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like we're just into you know pretty much anything. Like we're we're gonna take attack any any avenue, any any lane, open to anything. Um, you know, one of my uh, fetishes is uh, socks, and you know one of the things that diabetics, as you know, can we can't walk barefoot. You know, pretty much anywhere. Like, I, I love walking barefoot. <laughs> I'm you know, so bad when it comes to that. I'll be honest. With you. you know, we're susceptible to you know different diseases on our feet. So uh, you know, I have I. I can't even count the number of socks. Like I have like drawers, like three. I probably have more socks than anything in my closet. Clothes, wow. shoes, whatever. Wow. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I've, no, I've obviously been in hospitals before, and you know they give out those those socks, those regular kind of socks. I like them. They got a the little bunch yeah. on the bottom. I like them. And uh, one of the things I thought about was you know, with the emotional support thing, like. You know, I wanted to make uh, you know my own my own line of socks uh, you know for for diabetics and, you know there's always special uh, there's special materials that you know for, for you know diabetic socks that they sell in stores and you know I, uh, you know me and Jane were talking I want to you know either partner up or make my own sock where we can donate them to you know diabetic hospitals and you know any little any little thing can you know uplift you know, someone's spirit, whether, you know, be colorful, crazy socks and, you know. Yeah, that'd be dope. I mean, colorful socks, you think about it, some really funky colorful socks. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, a care package, you know, yeah, exactly. some information about what, what you guys are offering and whatnot. That's, that's a really dope idea. Exactly. Right? So, Make it your own. That, that's the so. So now, um, so NBA, you know, NBA season's about to kick off. Hopefully you're going to be representing BK in the in the lineup, which is huge because I don't think I don't really think there's anybody from Brooklyn on the no, team right now. No. So that's 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 really dope. I'm gonna be the first. Alright, first. first. So getting somebody that's that's gonna definitely do do wonders for your um, uh, for your name in, in that regard. Um, so we, what we want to do is we want to make sure that people know how to get to the website more than anything. So what was the name of the website again? Type one two dot org. Not uh, o the o n e two.org Okay. Type one two. Um, and uh, anything else like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? Um, you know, I have a Twitter. There. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a Twitter. At type one two. At type one two. Okay. Um, you know, we have Facebook. Uh, you know, for the foundation. Okay. As well, and um, uh, you know, we're, we're we're a small group right now, and, and I like it that way. You know, I've always been you know one of those things like I said, you know, started on my own. Uh, yeah. I've always been, you know, kind of independent, you know, learning from my father that way and, you know, strive to, you know, make things my own. And, you know, I'm very, very passionate about this, not only because I have diabetes and my family has it, you know, my nephew's freaking with it. And, uh, like I, like you said, you know, so many people in the community are. And 
Um, I don't want people to, you know, kind of hide it and, you know, you know, live a, you know, emotion, you know, not, I mean, emotionless life, you know, where they're, you know, like I said, the old woe is me kind of feeling of, yeah. uh, of diabetes and, and listen, if you can go out there and you can pull up those numbers and, and talk to me <laughs> and you tell people that you have diabetes, you're going to, you're going to, um, you're going to reshape a lot of people's perspective exactly. of, of exactly. what health looks like. That's, that's, that's um, the plan. You know, uh, and the only, I guess the only correlation I can, I can think of is when you think about magic. Mm-hmm. You know, magic, you know, he very early on, you know, talked about having HIV and whatnot, but he's managed to keep himself healthy. He's managed to keep a positive attitude and influence others in that realm. And I think that's, that's you know, I think that's, that's a similar uh, path that, that you could have in this particular, you know, with this particular issue uh, that we're, we're suffering in the community, so I think that, that that's huge. Yeah, um, it's funny to say, like, my brother, when I first got diabetes, he was so, you know, upset, you know, thought, like, you know, my career is going to be over, you know, I wish I had it instead of you, and, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm not even all that, you know, upset that I have it, you know, I'm kind of, you know, happy that I have it. Just because of the position that I'm in, to kind pushes of pushes you to be healthy. Yeah, pushes you to. to, to and not only that, I can you know if I can change you know one person's mindset or life on you know the you know the, the, the thought of diabetes and you know I can change or you know make a kid feel that you know hey if Gary Forrest can be a professional athlete you know so can I. You know I've been in camps where you know I've had camps or, or you know when I was in Denver. You know, kids, you know, feeling like, oh, you know, I have diabetes, I'm not, you know, I can't be a professional athlete kind of thing, and you know, I want to, you know, get that stigma out of out people's minds. Yeah, I should because there's so many professional athletes that have diabetes, and, you know, in the major leagues, you know, football, to baseball, to basketball, and, you know, like I said, you know, you can live a normal, regular life just like anybody else. Well, I definitely appreciate you sharing your time with you, sharing a story. This will be one of, I'm sure, a couple of different interviews we're going to have. Like I said, I just wanted to kind of get out here and meet you. I appreciate Find it. out about what, you, you know, about what you're working on and, and find out how we can help more than anything. Um, you know, just enjoy, enjoy your bananas. And, uh, uh, you know, Radio Capicu, you heard it here. Gary Forbes, back in Brooklyn. We're going to make things happen. Hopefully he'll be at the Blackies in no time. And uh, we'll keep you posted on uh, any further developments. All right? Peace. Casa Latina, the premier bilingual home and lifestyle brand, is back in New York City November 15th for a full day of expert advice on everything having to do with home buying, do-it-yourself projects, decor, crafts, bicultural parenting, home health, and even home safety. The expo offers live how-to clinics led by top influencers, creative home-based ideas, product giveaways, cooking demonstrations, and an entertaining kid zone. This year's expo even has an interactive blogger lounge to provide opportunities for bloggers to interact with the event's talents, brands, and the public. This is happening Saturday, November 15th between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. And admission is free. Gratis. Zip. Nada. For more information, go to casalatinahomeexpo.com.
Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Ya tú sabes.